Well, hey, girl, welcome to She's Doing Big Things. I'm your host, Alicia Lee, the original she, top income producer, freedom advocate, serial entrepreneur, winner of all the things, world traveler, and now digital nomad. I've lived my entire life feeling a little different, dreaming a little bigger, doing a little more, and believing I was destined to have it all. So I can imagine if you're here, you get it. You're a dreamer, a doer, an entrepreneur, so you're ready to set some big goals and smash them. So with that in mind, let's freaking get started. Hello, GEOs, and welcome back to She's Doing Big Things. I am your host, Alicia Lee, the original she. But let me just tell you, there was a time that I would never have said that or coined myself as that. I have worked so hard to recognize my own greatness and my own accomplishments in a way that feels really authentic to me, finally, and also that encourages others to live out their dreams and become the CEO of their own online empires. So let me just take you down a little journey of my past struggles as I'm sure they will relate to some of yours in this topic. Imposter syndrome, that's what we're here talking about today. So let me take you on my journey. One of the very first times that I can recollect having this feeling and this emotion was when I first decided to make a go of network marketing. I had already had some successes in business and sales and actually sold my past company, so I was feeling pretty good about myself, right? Like I was feeling myself. So this was a very new concept to me when it was presented. I had no idea what network marketing was. I didn't know that it was supposed to be quote unquote hard or difficult. I did not know what MLM was. I literally was just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, smile and nod. I literally thought to myself, oh, this product sounds amazing and I get to help others start a business selling products so they can make money, I can make money. Well, that sounds pretty fun. I like health, I like wellness, and I love to help people. So seemed like a win-win to me, so off I went. And it wasn't until just after I hit the first big rank, which was about 35, 36 days in, I had about 20 people on my team, I was making around 1,500 a month, got my company provided BMW, and people started asking me how, right? And that seems to be the logical question. And then from the outside world became my imposter syndrome. That's where it started because my why had always driven me up to this point. So the how never seemed to be a relevant question until suddenly it was all I could freaking think about. I constantly asked myself how this happened. How is this happening to little old me? You know, 4'10", 95 pound, wet, sopping wet. How is this happening? And who I, who am I to think that I can do this, right? Like who, who, who is me? <laughs> who am I to think that I can stand on those stages with the big dogs and hit the ranks? And I'll tell you, as I went through this process, those questions really haunted me. So I'm sure you're wondering, if you haven't listened to past episodes, did I make it to those stages? And the answer that I'll give you is yes. I was one of the top recruiters in the company, hit the top less than 1% of the company, but I know in my heart of hearts that I could have gone farther. Literally, I believe I could have been a millionaire in that company. But the thing that stopped me was me. 
it was my own questions. It was my own imposter syndrome that held me back and created the level of anxiety that would eventually create a crippling effect and leave me crawling back to a job I hated instead of rebuilding when the company itself folded above me. There were other companies I could have gone to, but I was my own worst enemy in this moment. So when I say this is an important topic, I say this from the depths of having been there. I say it from the understanding, the struggle of I can literally put myself back in those shoes in an instant. I can close my eyes, know exactly how you feel, and still sometimes go there in my own mind and my own life. So I don't bring this guest on today lightly. Because when she mentioned this topic, I knew she was the person to speak on it. I've watched this woman's business grow and unfold to the massive success that it is today. And I can't even begin to explain the respect that I have for her. So let me just tell you a little bit about her. Kara Barone is a consultant at LinkedIn. I think we've heard of it, right? I think you might have been on that platform a time or two. So she does that by day, and she's also a biz and clarity mentor by night for women who want to build their online empire while juggling their nine to five. While she hails from Boston, oh my gosh, y'all, side note, I knew I loved her, but knowing this made me love her even more, like Northeasters unite. Kara has spent the last few years living in London, traveling Europe, and just moved to Sydney, Australia. Travel and community fuel her, and you can tell by the way she connects and the way she lives her life. So, without further ado, here she is. Miss Kara, how are you today, my friend? Wow, what an intro. I don't think I've ever had such a powerful, punchy, I feel like I'm like coming into this just so excited. i Gosh, I'm on cloud nine. I have no imposter syndrome at all right now because I feel like queen after that intro. Good. That's how I want you to feel because you are Queen Kara. All right. So tell me a little. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your journey because there's always a backstory, and often we forget to tell it or we feel like we've told it so many times. But I want to hear it. So how did you get to yeah. where you are? And how did you go from corporate, obviously you're still in your job, but you're looking into the online space as your side income. How did that come to be? Yeah, so my journey actually probably started with imposter syndrome. Now when I really look back on it. So I spent 10 years living in Tampa, Florida. That's when I actually started working with LinkedIn from a client perspective. Uh, fell in love with them, their culture, everything they're about. And so then when I got the job opportunity, they moved me from Tampa, Florida to San Francisco. So I would be consulting from a brand standpoint, content strategy standpoint, various clients in Silicon Valley. I will never forget when I showed up in San Francisco, I had sold all my stuff. I had five boxes. I had never been there. I just was this girl, California dream girl. Like I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. I had no idea what I'm getting myself into. Show up at LinkedIn the first day. And all of a sudden, I'm in this whole new world. I'm in this tech scene. People are wearing jeans, flip-flops, whatever. They're all Ivy League school grads. They use words I've never heard of. 
And I'm like, wow, can I actually do this? Mm. Did they, did they know who they were hiring? (laughs) (laughs) And I actually thought for the first six months, I'm going to get fired. I'm not good enough at this. I have no idea what I'm doing, but that first six months when it was make or break, it was have to learn on the job really dig deep and know that I was hired for a reason that these people were smart enough, skilled enough. They wouldn't just hire any, you know, Joe Smo from the street. And it was really leaning into that and figuring out how to run and grow really, really quickly and navigate through ambiguous times. So that was really the first time imposter syndrome came up for me. And then after about, I think it was about two and a half years um, doing consulting in Silicon Valley, there was an opportunity to move to London. So I moved out to London and then a little bit of that all started again, right? New, mm-hmm. new ways that you have to prove yourself when you start a whole new, gosh, whole new culture, a whole new country, uh, navigating through various cultural nuances, selling in a completely different market. Mm-hmm. So then it began again, right? Um, but where the two roads really blended for me was when I moved to England, I fell, I lost my health completely um, through a various long story that I won't bore you all with, but the two things that I had really, really been good at over the years was working, working really hard and working out. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things in my mind that I was great at. So then suddenly these two things were stripped away from me. I couldn't work out at all, could barely get off the couch some days, which really impacted my work, my work, my work ethic, my energy around working. So when those two things were stripped away from me, I'm like, well, what do I have? Who am I? What do I even like? So that was what began the journey of personal development. I became, I took 12 months to become a certified health coach. I dipped my toe into network marketing, like you mentioned. So did the health coaching with, um, you know, selling the shakes and all of that. And really, then I realized that the health side of things was not my strong suit. It was not my strength. What was my strength was really that clarity, the business strategy, the consulting, the content strategy piece, because that was where I blended my corporate LinkedIn experience. And how could I bring that online to really help other corporate women figure out their strength skills and how they can bring their skills online? Mm, Oh my goodness. So a twisty, windy journey with pieces unknown. And I just absolutely love it. I had no idea that you had a kind of same approach as me. I had, you know, some health degrees. I thought I was really good at working hard, working out, ended up doing the health coaching thing for about 10 years, created a successful business from it, but never truly felt really fulfilled by it. I've always been healthy. I've never had a weight issue. And so I couldn't completely empathize with my clients, even though I could help them. And I've often told people this, even if you can solve the problem, it doesn't mean you have to, right? Yes. Because there's something out there that fuels you and lights you up and makes you want to get out of bed at whatever time in the morning and work throughout the day diligently toward an end goal. And that wasn't it for me. And it sounds like it wasn't it for you. So I totally get that. And I love that you found your aligned path and you can tell because it is just like taking off. I've watched it just skyrocket. It's so fun. Oh, thank you. You are I completely welcome. agree with that. 
there's so many things that we're all really, really good at, right? But it, mm-hmm. just because we're good at it doesn't mean we have to do it. It has to be the thing that like lights your soul on fire and also give yourself permission to change that. What lights your soul on fire yeah. now is not going to be the same thing in three, four, five years. And that might be scary because again, that's ambiguity, but that's okay. We evolve, we change. Yes. Um, I incorporate human design into my coaching and I'm a line three, which means by nature, I'm an experimenter. I'm like, I'm going to try all of the things, which looks a little confusing to everybody else, but it makes total (laughs) sense to me. So I definitely resound with that. So clearly you are a prime example of teaching what you know, right? You literally are building your empire while juggling your nine to five, which is what you teach others to do. And though you make it look easy, I'm sure there are some stories to tell and some struggles (laughs) to share, right? So tell us some of yours. Oh, there are stories. There are definitely stories. So mine actually is really rooted in, like I said, at that beginning LinkedIn story in that journey. So as I was beginning to build my business, I took some programs, you know, just some one-on-one coaching And I'm like, okay, I want to do more of this like business mentorship thing. But the whole time I, I would wake up almost every day crippled with anxiety. Like who am I to do this? Why would someone pay me hundreds, thousands of dollars when they could pay someone else? There's so many people who have years and years of experience. Mm -hmm. And I really, I struggled with that for years and I saw all my friends start making a lot of money online. And then I compared myself to them and their mm-hmm. journey. And then I think I, I went into that, of course, comparisonitis, but then also that consumption mode. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I don't know what I'm doing enough, I need to look at this person's Instagram feed. And, and I, and I studied so much that it actually just, it just stifled me. I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't move some days and I definitely hired mentorship the whole way the whole journey. But for me, what changed things so, so significantly was actually digging into my story. Mm -hmm. So when I actually dug into, okay, let's look at all this LinkedIn experience. Let's look at your health coaching experience. Let's look at you as just a human being. And I did, like you you mentioned, I did human design too. So I'm a manifesting generator. Mm -hmm. And like with that, People just need and want to be around me and be in my energy. Mm-hmm. But that was not my story to myself. I'm like, no, I don't know enough. I need to learn more. I need to learn more. I need to do more. But what I actually had to do is I had to dig deeper inside me, figure out why I was already worthy. So my whole core thing came down to worthiness issues. Always. Mm-hmm. It was always a worthiness thing. So once I got and I could label it as such, oh, okay, this is a worthiness issue I'm actually working on. It's not a skills. It's not a competency, you know, or lack of competency or lack of skill set. Once I identify what that was, I'm like, oh, now I get to change it. I'm worthy. And I work on that every single day still. I'm worthy because. And mm-hmm. that has been the, the biggest thing, biggest shift in all my work. And then once you feel that worthiness, you can stop. I don't look at anyone's Instagram anymore. I don't, I maybe like two people, a few of my friends, but I stopped comparing myself. I stopped doing the things other people were doing. And I'm like, my message, my uniqueness, my gifts are completely different. And I actually don't see anyone else in the industry really speaking to corporate women the way that I do, but it took me two years to actually 
figure out that my message is allowed to be unique and different. Yes. And here's the thing. It's okay that it took two years because there are women out there who are wishing they knew somebody who had your story, right? Because we're seeing all of these quote unquote immediate successes, right? Or people are being taught to show up as though they have the success that they don't yet have, which is a misconstrued. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Totally. It's such a forever. <laughs> yeah, it's such a misconstrued notion that I think stems from network marketing and things we're told in that industry. But it's yes, you should show up in the mindset, but don't tell people you're making six figures if you're not making it yet. It's okay that it took a year, two years, five years, ten years because this if this is your life's work, then you're yep. doing it for life. What does it matter if it happens in a year or ten years, right? Totally. As long it gets as you to get be a there. journey and I can't even, so that's actually the, the last part of my story that really once I flipped that switch made me blow up. It's the mentors and coaches I had been working with. They're like, Oh, don't tell people that you're in corporate still because that's not seen as, as credible. So I hid that for when I say these two years, I hid it. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder why I have so much anxiety and I'm not showing up with so much more power it's because I was hiding who I was and the second I decided you know what I'm not like I the fact that I'm at LinkedIn I'm able to travel this much and do both that is a superpower of mine that's actually a strength of mine not a weakness so let Mm -hmm. me share my big bold truth and once that happened all of a sudden these women are like oh my gosh that's where I am like that's what I want to be doing so it's really coming into figuring out probably the thing that you're you're most scared of that you're hiding behind and then letting go of that and speaking it out loud. Mm, oh, that is gold. If ladies, if you take nothing else from this episode, please re-listen to the last 10 seconds. Literally, the thing that you are hiding behind is probably your strength. It is probably the thing that makes you most relatable but you are hiding it or hiding behind it because you're scared of it. And so are they because they don't even know it yet, but they're afraid of what you're hiding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell me this then, where do you see this come up most for your current clients and also add in your ideal client? Because sometimes there's a little misalignment there and probably not for you, but for some people there is. So where do you see this come up most And is this a struggle for that woman? Oh, yes. So much so. So my ideal client is someone who is very successful in their corporate life, their corporate world. And they're like, okay, I'm good at these things, but how do I translate it into an online business? Mm -hmm. And where this comes up is we we start to think our corporate experience isn't actually that meaningful, isn't that great. And we look at these, you know, 20 year olds or these Instagram stars and we're like, oh, but they have these things that are big and fancy and I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. It's like the marketing angle of things. And so it creates this huge gap in terms of like what they think is their, their gifts and their worth. And so when I really dig in where this comes up is that they have all this amazing years of experience, but they see it as less than things that they see as perception on the internet. Yes. <laughs> so we really have to dig into it. I'm like, tell me your story. Tell me your strength. Tell me what you have done, not looking at things you haven't done. Mm-hmm. And once 
once they can really actually see what they've done as good enough that they actually have more than what is being all shown out on the internet. And I can give you a perfect example. One of my clients has about 10 years of marketing experience. She's run and she's run huge budgets of like millions of dollars um, in her corporate America experience. But as soon as she came online and was looking at every, the way that everyone else was showing up and how many followers they had and what it looked like in the, the months that they were having, she stopped and she's like, I don't have that. I'm not good enough to do that yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You actually have more experience. And this isn't to bash anyone, but you actually have more than experience than probably 80% of the people who you are consuming content from and comparing yourself. So yes. let's take a step back. Let's put our blinders on and actually focus on all of your gifts and your strengths. And she will honestly probably have a six-figure month this month. Yes, that is amazing. I can't remember the quote, but it's something like, um, if you only knew how much better you were than the people you think are better than you. Mm, yes. Yeah. Or there also, like, there are people out there making money doing the things you want to do who are less skilled than you, period. Totally. 100%. But they're doing it. They're showing up and they're doing it in a big, bold way. Yeah. Like you mentioned before. 90% of this is how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. and how confidently you speak about it. So when you see these people sit, saying like, Oh, make six figures, blah, blah, blah. And they're not actually making six figures yet. One that's, I think just complete crap. Like that is just so wrong, but mm-hmm. they, they speak about it confidently and we believe confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> confidence has a sound. It resonates with us and we believe it, it has a belief behind it. Exactly. So I think that there are two kind of really key elements in there, right? Like you mentioned the confidence piece and how much we respect and believe confidence and we feel it. We don't even have to hear it or see it. We feel it when somebody walks into the room. But the other part of it is clarity, knowing your message, Mm. knowing what you are going to offer, knowing who it's for. And there's so much confidence that comes from clarity. And there's so much clarity that goes into confidence, right? And so it's a it's I think it's really full circle. It's kind of like if you want to feel confident in your actions, well, you got to take action to gain more confidence to take more action, right? So I think it's really like a cyclical energetic approach to where do you start? What do you do first? Totally. You're exactly right. Clarity does come with confidence. Um, But it's like you just start, you just start, you screw up, you look back at your work like a year later, like, wow, I just look so amateur doing it. But that's okay. It's part of the journey. We're all just so scared to get started at how how people are going to perceive us, how Mm -hmm. we're going to perceive ourselves. But we just start and we learn. Like that's what we do on the job day one. We don't have all the answers. We look like an idiot sometimes. We're like, that's okay. That's life. It's the acceptance piece, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So I want to dive a little bit further into imposter syndrome. So what do you think the thoughts are that become pain points for people as they navigate this new venture that they're taking on? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always going back to figuring out the deep, deep rooted thought. So the deep, there's, there's only a few, right? But the deepest rooted thoughts are going to be like, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And those two go hand in hand. So I would say as you're getting started, it's usually something along the lines of the thought of, 
a lot around putting out content, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I'm not good at content. I'm not a good writer. I'm scared of what people are going to think. I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to look silly. Those are going to be the real deep rooted, or those are going to be the the, probably the majority that come up. I'm scared if I fail. I'm scared if I'm going to succeed. But if we really layer down to that, okay, well, what's actually the thought behind the thought? Mm-hmm. So I always like to say, well, what's the driving force behind that thought? Mm-hmm. And if we keep going, and the first part, the first part of changing these thoughts, right, is the observation. So when you're not writing content, looking at it and say, okay, well, why am I really not writing content? Okay, well, I think I'm a bad writer. Okay, why do I think I'm a bad writer, <laughs> right? So it's actually like first up is just having the awareness to like really in the, the space, create the space to ask yourself why a few times or what or how, sit with it, mm-hmm. and then really get down to like keep keep going with it. Where's this thought coming from? Like let's get a little deeper, like let's peel back the layers behind it. And then usually I would say about 80% of the time it's like I'm not worthy of it or I'm not good enough at this. So just yeah. keep like peeling it back. And then once that happens, I'm like, okay, cool. This is such a common thought. Like this is the process I go through me and my clients. I'm like, okay, once you identify it, then I'm like, wow, that's not an original thought. Everyone in the world has been scared of failure, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone in the world has been scared of looking or sounding stupid. That is not original thought. That is my old caveman brain trying to protect me. That's okay. Now I get to change it and do it anyways. So that's like a really simple, easy process I go through. It's the acknowledgement. It's the kind of looking at it. Thanks brain for protecting me. Laugh at it a bit. I'm safe to actually proceed now and then just do it. Yes. Um, Two things kind of come up for me in there. I always write little notes off to the side while my guests are talking because I think of things and I'm like, oh, this is so good. And something you said in there, it's like, I am not this or I am that, right? What follows I am follows you. And so you get to decide what you are and what you are not, which means I am X, Y, Z and I am not X, Y, Z, right? So you get to create the positivity and negativity in your life with really simple statements and then reciting those statements to yourself, essentially, until you believe them and you step up to the plate to act as them. And then the other part of that is, I heard somebody say once, you're not original in feeling your fear. Stop thinking that you are. You're Mm -hmm. not, like, how does that feel? It's like, we all want to feel known, loved, and special, right? We all want to feel heard. We want to feel important. We want to create an impact. In order to do that, you just have to recognize that you're not special in your fear. We're all feeling it. The person out there who's making, you know, multi, multi-million dollars as a coach or as a um, side hustle or that started as a side hustle, they started afraid. So the thing that makes you original is moving past that because the majority of people who are feeling fear and doing nothing, they're the majority. You get to feel special. So, so much from a few different standpoints because you're a thousand million percent, right? It's the fact of, and that's why, like, if you guys follow me, I'm really vulnerable and really authentic in my brand where a lot of people would say, don't say that much. Oh, that's really blurring the lines a little bit. You're just like in your vulnerability sometimes. And I'm like, 
But when I speak my truth, I give other people permission to feel and speak theirs. Mm -hmm. And so you're exactly right. Like we're not alone in this. We're not original in this, but it's knowing that it's knowing that you're not alone. Um, and the other, the first part you said, it's really funny. If, if you could see me right now, you would see, I have sticky notes everywhere around my apartment. (laughs) So I have affirmations and declarations everywhere because Mm -hmm imposter syndrome, especially for me, comes up first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so what I will do is I'm like, oh, that's another silly thought. Let me go read all these affirmations of who I really am and who I'm becoming each and every day. So I set up my space and environment to reinforce that. And then the last part I'll say about what you just mentioned is uh, um, a dead, like, breaking away the the belief that you are something so I just did something on this yesterday I have anxiety right Mm -hmm. and I was using the phrase I'm always anxious and when you say stuff like that even that words those thoughts those beliefs you become you identify as a human being as anxious right Mm -hmm. but no that's that's a feeling because you can change your feelings you can change your thoughts around it so what I'd love to give the listener is, is it's actually a technique called labeling. So Mm -hmm. instead of really associating it with your identity, and then that feels heavy and like something you can't change. If you do something and I have a sticky note, it says, I'm having the thought that, and there's a blank. So if you're feeling the fears or you're feeling not good enough, it's not, I am not good enough. It's I'm having a thought right now that I'm not good enough, but that's just a thought. I can change that. Yes. Oh, I love that technique. I've never heard that before. That's so good. I'm definitely going to utilize that because, you know, no matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing, you are not immune to imposter syndrome. You simply learn how to deal with it. Um, I think about, I did a uh, podcast episode, gosh, months and months ago at this point, but it was called um, How to Move and Build with Fear. And I was always taught to do it afraid was kind of like a a phrase that was said in my house. And Mm -hmm. I just got really used to it. And I never really thought anything of it until I started seeing this come up for clients and they didn't know that concept. And so I think of fear as like this thing that gets into the trunk of my car. We're still going. We're going on a trip. We're going to take the path. We're going to go on the journey. Hop on in fear, right? Like we're going whether you want it or not, and fear is always going to be there. It's just along for the ride. It's a part of the journey, and it's okay that he's there, and so it's okay that you're still going, right? So now I know that there are a multitude of hurdles, right? There are so many other things in overcoming, in the becoming, the scaling, the sustaining, of any entrepreneurial endeavor. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter if you're brick and mortar. Doesn't matter if you're online, if you're a side hustle, if you're treating it as a hobby, whatever it is, you're still gonna have hurdles. So tell me the other most common concepts that you help your clients with and overcoming just outside of imposter syndrome. I think it's really the CEO and the scaling mindset. So when my clients first come to me, they may be making, you know, a few hundred, a few thousand dollars. And they're really like, how do I scale both, both things at once? Or how do I start to scale and then leave my nine to five? And what I find is that most, they operate from current circumstance. Mm -hmm. Like you operate from where you are right now. Mm -hmm. 
And that creates more of where you are right now, right? Yeah. So for example, if you are juggling both things, maybe you've made your first five figures and you're like, okay, what's next? You're really in the how, you're really in the tactics, but you're, you have a full, full plate. So you should be outsourcing. You should be hiring a VA. You should be doing something else. But they're like, oh, I don't know where the money's coming from. What if I don't have enough yet? And instead, imagine instead of operating from current circumstance, you operate from possibility. So I always have my clients really think about what would six-figure or multiple six-figure you do? Because when you start acting and you start mentioning this, mentioning this the person you're becoming or the, 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 the dream state, the vision in the next year, when you can step into that role truly as a CEO, have that CEO mindset, make decisions from that place, you are going to operate completely different than if you're operating scared and afraid and where you are right now. So I would say like acknowledge where you are in your current circumstance. That's great. But where is your possibility and how, how can you make decisions from there? So in the example of the VA, you have a knowing, a fee, like you know that money is just going to flow to you. Money is going to come in. And if you can free up your time, you have the ability to bring in even more. So right now it might feel a little difficult, but you hire that person because multiple six figure you would, you have a team and that frees up so much more of your time. Imagine that what you can do with 15 hours a week back. Yes. Okay. CEOs, are you hearing this out there? Right? The future is female and so is the CEO, which means you get to step up into a higher version of the you that currently exists. Your extraordinary uniqueness is exactly why you start the business, but the next level that you step up to is exactly why you will scale the business, period. I love that. Great advice. So I know 100% that there are some ladies listening who would love to realign with their why, regain their strength. They know it exists, and thus, they also want to create the most amazing business that feels really freaking good and that funnels money into their bank account so they have options. Do you want to keep your job? Do you want to move your side hustle into your full-time gig, right? That's what money creates. So tell us where you hang out online, where you're, what you're currently offering, and that way they can get started with you right now and also connect with you, follow you, all of the things. I love the way you just described that woman because she's my woman. She's my peeps. Um, so yes, I would love, love, love to connect, really get to know you, you all deeper. Um, so on Instagram, I am Kara Baroni. I think she'll link over to this. And then also my Facebook group is really where the community and the magic happens. And that is corporate women scaling business. Love it. Yes, I will 100% link all of this down into the show notes. Make it super easy, really clickable. Just click on it, grab what she is giving out. So thank you so much for coming onto my airwaves, Kara. I have been waiting passively for somebody <laughs> to talk about this topic. So when you mentioned it, I was like, I'm a hells yes. So thank you for digging into it with me. I know this impacts so many 
and it also affects so many, like too many women out there in the business world and in just life, everyday life, today oh, and all days, yes. right? Too, too many. I completely agree with you. We are, we are changing that. We are changing that every single day. So thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to connect with everyone. I really appreciate it. This was so fun. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Okay, CEOs, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you are feeling the pull to do big things, to have more, do more, and be more, there is a reason for it. I want you to truly evaluate your why and dive in from that positive space. And when the hows and the whats come up, go back to that why because that's the place that is aligned and will thrive. That's the part of you that was universally and divinely anointed as the person who gets it done, who gets to make it happen, and who actually follows through on the creation of it. Ideas are walking around out there. I like to imagine them as nomads. They're waiting to connect with you. So when one does, it's for you. Run with it. Trust it. Trust yourself. And with that, as always, let's go out into the world. Go bigger. Believe in yourself more. Ignore the internal voices that ask questions that you don't actually need the answers to. Take it step by step and follow through with the idea that was given to you because you are capable of bringing it to life. And thus, you will get to make more and live so much freaking freer. Until next time, love you long time. What is up, my darlings and doers? If you loved this podcast, please don't leave it behind. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and do us a huge favor. Give us a quick rating. It not only helps me to know where you're listening, but it also helps the new listener to find this podcast and become the next doing success story. So with that, I'm off to do some big things or help one of my amazing clients get her doing list done. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next week.